and when you learn how to dial the volume down on the limiting negative voices in your head and turn the volume up on all the inner power that you have it's game changing welcome to the high performance health podcast with your host angela foster the show where we talk about everything you need to break through limits and achieve a high performance mind body and lifestyle Hi friends, sometimes I record an interview and I deliberately hold on to it for the right time to release it because it's such an inspiring episode that I really want to share it at a time that it will be most meaningful for you listeners. And I think this is the time. So back in the summer, not long after we came out of lockdown, I interviewed the wonderful and inspiring Katie Hill. And we talked about why the time is now. And we talk about goals. We talk about achieving your hopes and dreams. And I think as we're coming in now to December and really taking stock of the year, many people will be looking at what they achieved this year, how things went, and really setting their sights on their goals for next year. And the thing I would say to you is don't leave it until the end of December or the beginning of the year to really work on this. There are so many insights when you look back on your results this year, the obstacles that you've had to overcome, the things that you've learned. And I would invite you to really own everything, your successes and your downfalls, because they're all part of your journey. And we want to look ahead to 2022 and really focus on how we can make every year the best that we can so that we're always growing. And Katie and I really explore this and explore what opens up, particularly for women in midlife and how you can make the second half of your life the best half of your life. Now, if you haven't met or know of Katie Hill yet, if you're outside of the UK, pretty much everyone in the UK will have heard of Katie. She's absolutely lovely. If you haven't already, please do go and check out her Instagram for extra inspiration. But Katie is um, formerly a TV and radio presenter, but more recently a personal development and empowerment coach. And she's really here to set your soul on fire. She believes in equipping and empowering others to live their lives all out. And that is her true passion and purpose. And her why is to ignite all of us to own who we are, to be fierce, to be fearless and to live our limitless lives. And I absolutely love that because it resonates so much with what I love to do as well as a coach. And so today you're going to listen to Katie and I have a very relaxed chat about how you can step into possibility and purpose. Um, so get ready to listen. Don't worry about taking notes. Really just let this, this, um, this interview infuse you. And then you can go and check out the transcript and the show notes over on my website, AngelaFosterPerformance.com um, as well to gain everything you can from there. So let me introduce you now to the very inspiring, beautiful and fun Katie Hill. So I am really excited today to be joined by the amazing Katie Hill to talk to her all about how you can become limitless. I think it's fair to say that pretty much all of us have had quite a stressful 12 months um, in one way or another and maybe haven't been performing at our best. And Katie, I know that you've developed courses and programs during this lockdown period. It hasn't been a quiet period for you um, to really help women in particular unleash their full potential. So I can't wait to talk to you today. I'm so excited to have you here. Welcome. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's going to be amazing. I'm so excited. So tell me first, like, how did you get started in this? Because it's quite different, isn't it? From your original, originally on Blue Peter many years ago, and then you've had a very kind of successful career. Yeah, well, it's kind of, I feel a little bit as if life's come full circle, because actually anyone listening who's like, well, hang on, what she devised during lockdown and on how she qualified to help in any way. Um, So at 24, I landed my dream job on Blue Peter, and I had wanted to do that show since I was five. I didn't want to be a presenter. I wanted to present that show because that was the place I saw girls doing all the stuff I wanted to do. I wanted to play big. I wanted to jump out of planes. I wanted to drive fast cars. Like that was where girls were doing that stuff. And actually at the time, you know, I was born in 71. This was before girl power. The Spice Girls possibly weren't even born yet. And it was unusual 
for girls to want to do these things. Like it was literally the days when you would get a sewing kit for Christmas and look with lust at your brother's incredible bike that he got with all the gears, you know, and you're there with a basket on the front of yours. It was literally that kind of era. And Blue Peter was the place that I saw girls doing all this stuff. And I was like, that's for me. Now, what I didn't do, I didn't equate the fact that I was the world's shyest child with landing a job on television. I just knew that was what I wanted to do. And so I always had this dream. And I remember when I was about 14, saying to one of my friend's mums, she was like, what do you want to do when you're older? You know, those chats around dinner. And I was like, I want to present Blue Peter. So matter of fact. And she was like, oh, yeah, I always wanted to do that. And it hit me like a train. I was like, I cannot imagine getting to a point in my life when there was something I always wanted to do and I never did anything about it. And from that moment, I decided that I was going to do everything in my power to land that job. And and that's what I did. And I, I went traveling at 18. I went to Israel, worked on a kibbutz. I went super shy. Um came back much more confident because obviously you've been away from home. There were no mobile phones. It was literally one call home a week if you were lucky, if mum was lucky. Um, And, you know, and I wrote to the editor of Blue Peter when I came back and I said, I'm great with children and I want to present Blue Peter. And he just wrote this standard letter back saying, you know, get as much experience as you can. And, um, you know, we'll see about it type thing, Uh, which he probably wrote to quite a lot of people who were applying because Blue Peter was like the gig to land at the time. Now we've got a gazillion channels at the time. There were three or four channels like that was it. So Blue Peter was huge. It was like this iconic program and and they had hundreds and hundreds of applications every single week um but I listened to what he'd said I worked in local radio for free I taught myself to type so I could work as an assistant at the BBC at TV Centre in London and I had about three years of of grafting at the BBC um I was also presenting on the weekends on Nickelodeon so I really worked hard I went back to him in 94 and I said here's the letter you wrote me in 91 and here's what I've done about it and showed him a showreel. And I got an audition and the rest is history. And that show was a life changer for me because it was the place that I suddenly realized mind over matter is a massive deal. And I vividly remember the night before my first show being so out of body terrified that I had to take night nurse because I was like, how am I going to sleep? let alone do a live show. And I think it's interesting how we can always think, this is something I work on now with my coaching clients, which we'll get on into a minute, but we always think that when we land that job, when we have that house, when we get that car, our life is going to be X, Y, Z. And guess what? You land the thing and you are the exact same person with the exact same fears. And I thought I'd land Blue Peter and suddenly be this gregarious presenter. And it was the same me, just with a very different set of circumstances. And I think it really hit me. I was like, wow, you know, I I remember at the time saying to my dad, like, I I feel like I want to go to everyone on their deathbed and go, that thing you really wanted to do, it it wouldn't have fulfilled you. You would have been the same person. Like, you know, people probably end their life with so many regrets and actually, you know, to realize that you can by mindset and by stepping up, play big, no matter what your circumstances, no matter what your natural disposition, because we can easily, you know, put labels on ourselves. Oh, I'm shy. Oh, you know, people say to me now, it was okay for you jumping out of planes. You're fearless. No, I'm not. I was absolutely terrified, but you can learn to fear less. And this is, how I've come full circle with how I feel my life now that I've just turned 50 is in my early days, I feel like I equipped and empowered girls to play big by jumping out of planes and driving fast cars and doing all the brave stuff. And now I really feel like I'm stepping into this new chapter as a coach. Um, I've been training since 2017 um, to come alongside many of those same girls now as women to help them to play big. And it's, kind of gives me goosebumps that it kind of it just feels like there's such synergy to my life then and my life now and actually I was in London in between lockdowns and um I was on the on a on a tube platform and I was just aware of someone running and I thought wow they're they're really about to miss their train 
And this woman was in front of me, like <gasps> hardly able to breathe. And she just went, you're Katie Hill, aren't you? And I was like, yes. And she went, you're the reason I became a brain surgeon. And I was like, oh my gosh, in that moment, all of my, you know, playing big, facing the fear and doing it anyway of my early career just kind of fell into place. It was like, that's why I did what I did and loved every second as a byproduct. But yeah. Isn't so, that amazing to, to yeah. hear that? Because to actually to make that transformation yourself, but now to be helping and inspiring so many people that you might not like that lady, you wouldn't have known who she was. Yeah. must just feel so incredible. Yeah. And then we got chatting and she just said she'd, she'd, you know, grown up watching me as a kid and she just thought my attitude to life was so inspiring. And she'd decided that she just wanted to, to land her dream. And, you know, and it's having that impact on people has been such a part of my career. And so now in 2017, I did a course in NLP and uh, which is neuro-linguistic programming, which I'm sure your listeners are on board with because of all of your work. And, um, and then I did a full coaching course. And at the time I was like, I didn't even know that I wanted to be a coach. I just thought, you know what? I'll be the most amazing friend and mother. And, you know, I just was fascinated by personal development and it snowballed into my coaching company, which at the time was called uh, Katie Hill Coaching. But my word for the year was limitless. And when I was writing Katie Hill Coaching down, it just didn't resonate with me at all. And one day my friend said to me, why isn't your company called Limitless? And I was like, oh my gosh, that's genius. That's exactly the feeling that I want people to have when they work with me in whatever capacity, because we all put so many blockers on ourselves. You know, we all straight jacket ourselves with limiting beliefs, with listening to what other people think of us, with, with you know, not stepping up and, and playing small and living a comfy life. And actually to be able to equip people and encourage people to step into a life they'd never dreamt of is, I mean, it honestly gives me goosebumps. It, it just, it's such an exciting time that I'm living through right now. I can see it in you, like just yeah. the bubbliness of it and the excitement, which is amazing. Um, yeah. And what would you say then, do you think like with that, that mindset that you're talking about that, because so many people do limit themselves. And I find that almost it can happen at different times of your life as well. Because if you think um, like in your twenties, sometimes actually you can be more open to opportunities because you feel as though you've got your entire life ahead of you and the world's your oyster. And then, you know, people can then limit themselves later on, right? Oh, I've had kids. I'm a mum. I can't do that. Or I've had babies. Now I'll never get my figure back. Or you start to have almost co- a collection of limiting beliefs, even yeah. more so as you go through life don't you yeah would you like how can people that are listening kind of distinguish and think well actually what's holding me back only myself how can they transcend that see I flip it and reframe that so I would look on the mindset that you have when you're 20 and then the kind of everything that you take on board and having children and the da 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 2020 and 2021 has been the biggest shake-up call of life. It's like the biggest wake up that we've ever had. It's a bit like those 90s extra sketches that we had and life as we knew it has been shaken and we've just got a gray screen and it's like, what are you going to draw? You know, if there was ever a time to be aware of your own mortality and the fact that we all live, like we're going to be here till we're 90, like none of us know how long we've got. Like I've got a, an amazing picture that I put, put up in my coaching room, which I'm sat in now. And it just says time is now. It's like, you know, there is a clock ticking and we're so kind of luxurious with our time. And it's like, oh, you know, I'll, I'll do that one day. Well, maybe the one day never comes. And actually to flip the whole kind of holding yourself back feeling and, you know, losing yourself with kids. It's like, oh my word, like this is the time to step into a whole new chapter. I think post kids, you're so much more powerful than you were before. I mean, look how dynamic we are for a start in terms of what we can achieve within a day. It's insane, you know, compared to my twenties when I would kind of rock out of bed at eight 30, if I was lucky, it's like, now I am on it. Like, give me an hour kid free and you'll be amazed what I can do with it. And we're all the same as parents. And, you know, I think, I think this season has been such a massive wake up call. And, um, Ariana Huffington put out an amazing quote at one point, which is, um, she said, nothing should return to normal. Normal wasn't working. You know, 
if we go back to normal in inverted commas, we've lost the lesson. May we rise and do better. It's like, yes, like mm. this was this was us getting off the hamster wheel. This was the hamster wheel was stopped, whether you wanted to run it or not. The hamster wheel was stopped and we've all learned stuff about ourselves through this experience. And I think now that the world is opening up, it will be such a waste, as Ariana said, if we don't learn the lessons and if we just go back to our old habits and if we don't, you know, pause and go, no, this isn't working for me. And what does the life look like that I want to be living from here? So I'm often asked, what books am I reading? What supplements am I using? What biohacks am I into? How do I filter my water? And so I have put together a specially curated list to help you. And you can find it on Amazon on my Angela Recommends page. All you need to do is head over to bit.ly forward slash Angela Recommends. That's bit.ly forward slash Angela Recommends. And you can find everything there. Yeah, that's absolutely, I couldn't have put it better. That's so well put and it's so true. And all of us have that opportunity now because of the shakeup to do things differently. Yeah. What's like the first step for somebody who's thinking, I really want to do this, but then maybe they were shy, like you were saying you were, or they have that belief of like, yeah, but not me. Do you know what I mean? You know, yeah. that little voice in your head that you yeah. just need to turn the volume right down on. Yeah. yeah. Um, what have you found yeah is the way that has enabled you to do that do you just kind of think no i'm just i'm really focused on this goal and i'm not going to stop until i achieve it yeah i mean there's a couple of things that i work on with clients so we all have this imposter syndrome in our head it's an actual thing the number one thing that i think is super helpful for people is to know that everyone gets imposter syndrome. Everyone has imposter syndrome. It's this little voice in your head. And it's actually not necessarily a negative. It's it's the your sort of inner fear slash inner critic trying to keep you safe, trying to not let you make a fool of yourself. And so it's not the sole purpose of it isn't just to make you stay small and not live the life that you're meant to live. It's It thinks it's supporting you, but it's actually about learning to, number one, realizing everyone has that inner critic, I think is super useful because it's very easy to look at other people and think they're confident, they're out there, they're smashing it. Everyone has the same fears. Some people are just better at working through it and getting to the other side. So I work with clients to learn how to turn that down and to learn how to increase the volume on what I call their inner Beyonce, which we all have. But I think the other thing that you can do is, you know, just to focus on why you're doing it, focus on the end result that you want from the brave thing. So for me with, you know, if I'm going to give a keynote speech, I am out of body terrified before I walk on the stage. That is never going to change. But I choose to turn that feeling into I tell myself it's excitement. So Mm. nerves, I tell myself is excitement at the fact that I'm about to play big and do something really brave. And the feelings inside physiologically between nerves and excitement are so similar. It's actually a really useful technique. I also focus on the impact that I want to have with giving that keynote, like why I'm giving it, why I have to get to the other side and who it's also serving. So like within your family, if you're playing big by going and asking for a raise or, you know, speaking up in the board meeting or whatever it is, who is that also serving? Is that serving your spouse? Is that serving your kids? Is that serving your friends? Like focus on the bigger impact that you're having with that brave thing. And it's so much easier when you put it out of yourself to step up to the plate and, you know, do the thing. Um, But there's so much that I work on with my one-to-one clients on this because it just comes up for everybody. And when you learn how to dial the volume down on the limiting negative voices in your head and turn the volume up on all the inner power that you have. It's game changing. It is, isn't it? And I think like that point you were making there is so important about once you look bigger than just you and you go outside of you, whenever you're giving a presentation and you're in that mindset, it's almost like the thoughts and the energy flows through you because you've forgotten it's not about you anymore. It's about the way that what's in your mind is being communicated to the others and making a difference. You know, Beyonce, she had a, an alter ego, didn't she, for many yeah. years, Sasha. Sasha. <laughs> yeah. Do you? And, and I think that was really what got her, like when she was on stage, she's like, I'm Sasha Fierce. Do you, do you encourage people to do that? Because there's a great book, um, 
I think it's called The Ego Effect, written by Todd Herman. And yeah. he very much, in it, he talks about how, you know, he has a pair of glasses that he wears and he distinguishes when he comes home and he's, and he's with the family, the glasses go off at the table and that's not him anymore in work mode. And then he connects with like, who do I want to be? How can I be the best father and husband? Yeah. There's that physical transition. Yeah. Do you encourage people to have a kind of identity or someone that they want to model? 100%. So when I work with my one-to-one clients, for example, we will not only explore who your inner Beyonce is, we like we fully, we fully dress her. We name her, we dress her. We're like, who is this person? And we work on how you can be that person, you know, whether it's ahead of a board meeting, you literally go in the loose and you are doing the hand on hips, shoulders back, Wonder Woman power pose before you go into that Any meeting. Kind of thing. Yeah. And you're completely breathing in like who that is for you. It's so useful. Another thing that's useful is stepping stuff through the night before you do it. So basically your brain has recognition of it when you come to do it. That's why athletes, as we know, step through races before they get to the the start block because when they hit the start block, their mind goes, oh yeah, I know what I'm doing. I've done this before. I powered out the blocks. I won the race. I was celebrating, blah, blah, blah. If you step it through the night before, it's so much easier to do it. Um, And another thing I sometimes do, which is so simple, is I remember I was giving a keynote in Florida and it was the first time I was speaking with my coaching hat on and I hadn't publicly announced that I was coaching. I kept it very quiet. It was like my little secret. Like when I was first pregnant, it was like, I don't want anyone knowing my little secret. And I got flown to Florida to speak at a massive conference alongside Erin Brockovich, which talk about playing big. I was like, wow. whoa, whoa. Um, and I remember I was again out of body terrified, but I just was thinking to myself, what's the worst that can happen? And actually the worst thing did happen when I walked out on stage and the compare guy came to give me a kiss. But what he actually did was knocked off my Madonna headset onto the floor, my mic that I was wearing for the talk. And it was probably the worst thing that could have happened in that moment, but it was the best thing that happened because it took the perfection out of it. It was like, okay, worst case scenarios happened. The whole crowd is now on my side because this is horrific. I had to put the mic back on myself and it just took the heat out of it because it's like, okay, I'm still standing. And all I've got to do now is talk because the worst things happened. Let's just go. And it was brilliant. And so sometimes when you step through, what's the very worst thing that can happen? It's actually not as bad as you think. We just kind of grow things in our head and, you know, and it just becomes this overwhelming thing. And when you actually break it down, the worst thing that could possibly happen isn't actually that bad. And you're equipped to deal with it, as you said, if it does happen, right? That's the thing. Yeah, totally. Um, More powerful than you believe. Yeah. And I, you know, and, and my work now, it just, it makes me so excited because I work with all number of women over all number of, you know, things. So some women come to me because at the moment, because they've you know, had a real eureka moment in lockdown. And they're like, this isn't the life that I want to be living, but I don't know what that life looks like. So I have women coming to me for my coaching for that. I have women who are going through a massive transition, be they turning 40, be they turning 50. And that's a huge magnifying glass on life. And if you're not living the life you want, that can be a really tricky transition for people. So to hit those kind of massive, um, moments in life strong and knowing who you are I think is is really important so that's another thing that I help people with but people come to me I I, you know from all walks of life I have people in telly obviously because of what I do I have you know accountants I have lawyers like there's no rhyme or reason it's literally people who want to explore what their personal development into a more limitless existence than they're living in that moment looks like. And have you found when you talk about that, you know, like 50 is a crunch time. And I know you had some fabulous birthday, yeah, birthday for celebrations yourself. Yeah. Um, have you found with clients that that is a major turning point for for people turning 50? I guess it used to be kind of 40 almost, didn't it? But we, we are living so much younger now. Yeah. Um, I you- think any transition can be tricky, funnily enough, mm-hmm. for my clients. I see people turning 30, <laughs> turning 40 and turning 50. And what the common thread throughout it is it's if you're turning a big milestone birthday but you're not fulfilled in life 
that's when it's tricky. That's when you have the meltdown and go, oh, I'm turning 50. What's going on? If you feel like you're stepping into the most incredible life, which is how I feel. I feel like this is, I literally feel like I've just turned the page on chapter two and it's like, that was chapter one. Chapter two had better look out. It, it's honestly how I feel. And I, I'm super aware that this is quite an unusual way to feel turning 50. Like for me, it's all connected. So I always say, you know, obviously going back as well to what you do, it's like, for me, the whole picture, it's like going on a journey. If you were driving from London to Scotland, you couldn't do it if your car wasn't serviced, right? That's that's the physical, that's the training, that's the making sure you're physically fit. You couldn't get anywhere if you didn't have any petrol in the tank. That's the nutrition and the what you're putting in your body on a daily basis. You'd get nowhere if you didn't have a roadmap. I always look on that as the coaching. And if you didn't know where you were going, you couldn't go anywhere. That's your, your dream, your big vision, which we work on together. And we also step the goals in place that are going to get you there. So it's all interconnected. It's all interlinked. You sort of can't max out one without the other. Um, and speaking of maxing out, you know, there was a, it was interesting. There was a dad at school the other day who was talking to me about coaching and, and he was like, Oh my gosh, I, I couldn't, I couldn't coach. I'm, I'm already knackered. I'm already working like way more than I want to. And I was like, no, 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 no. You've completely missed what coaching is about. Coaching is about, making sure you're living your most fulfilled life. It's not about working harder. It's about working smarter. Mm -hmm. It's about working on the things that are going to fulfill you. And it's actually probably about working less, if we're honest. Um, you know, it's um, not Even about... people are working a lot on the things that actually... We all have so many things to do, but yes. it's very easy to fill your day with things that actually are not moving you any closer to your goals or making any real meaning. Totally. I, I started recently working on a thing called the Model Week, which is you literally sit down and map out your week in half hours of the week that is best for you. Be that a three-day work week, be that, you know, knowing that you have two hours to yourself in the morning before the kids get up, like writing down and mapping out what your week could look like. Because we do, we literally fritter so much time away on being, for want of a better word, busy fools. Like you can, you can have a really busy day without having a productive day without a doubt. And I think home working is also such a massive discipline because, you know, I don't know about you, but there's always loads of washing to put on or things in the house that could do with doing. And it is a real discipline to focus on the thing you're in in that moment. And, you know, I often get asked how I manage the juggle as a parent and as a, you know, wife and a, and a coach, and I've got quite a lot going on. And I fully 100% focus on the thing I'm in, in that moment. So, if I'm at the park with the kids, I'm not looking at my phone. I am looking at my children and having quality time with them. If I'm working, I'm 100% working. I'm not looking at social media. I turn my notifications off, which was the best thing I ever did in lockdown. I encourage everybody to do it because you can fall down a rabbit hole before you've even started your day, you know, and I'm really passionate about people planning their day before they even open up their emails. Because if you don't, you are being reactionary to what comes in versus being productive on the things that are serving you and who you want to be going forward. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you. I think it's so important. And I do that as well, just on the health side as well, even like planning. You know, when people say, oh, well, I was going to go for a run or I was going to do a workout, but then I ran out of time. And it's like, but if it was scheduled, like everything is, and it sounds, people often say initially, but then that sounds so restrictive, but isn't actually that discipline and restriction creates freedom, doesn't yeah, it? hundred percent. And actually the thing with the model week is you put in your fitness and your self-care. Those are the first things that go into the model yeah. week. It's not work. It's not any of that stuff. It's, it's your fitness, it's your self-care and it's your time with your family. And then you work all of your work around that. Like work doesn't come first. Mm -hmm. And I think it's been so interesting with the whole kind of new way the world has been working because it has opened up so much and the whole kind of rule book has been thrown out of the window and the whole, you know, you can't work from home. It's not going to work. If we do it for you, we have to do it for everyone. Well, guess what? Everyone did it and it worked even better and productivity went through the roof. So it's a bit like now, how do you want to work going forward? And is there a conversation to have within your workplace of, do you know what? Working from home really works for me because I get to pick the kids up from school. I get to train. I get to show up as a much happier human, you know, 
my husband used to commute into Covent Garden from Oxford every day. Well, he's got two extra hours now in the morning mm. to train. To he's like a different person. It's it's amazing how much we took on board as a kind of that's just how things are. And it's like, well, things aren't like that now. <laughs> so there's a real opportunity to kind of design what you want life to look like. And what do you do as a busy mum? I'm really curious because I guess the biggest battle for me is the interruptions of school holidays. What do you do then? Oh my god! How do you manage that? <laughs> the hardest thing. So I and also three months lockdown between January and March of homeschooling yeah. because. Yeah. I, I basically, when homeschooling happened, went, do you know what? This is what I need to focus on right now. And so we were like, right, in the morning, nine till 12, we homeschooled. And then after that, go on your screens, loves, get square eyes. Mummy doesn't care because I needed to know that I could achieve mm. stuff. And I wanted to achieve during lockdown because I realized that so many people were feeling lost and so many people were questioning life and realizing that life wasn't working for them, but not knowing how to process what we were walking through and how to go about designing what the life they wanted to step into looked like. And so I actually used lockdown to start a podcast and crucially do an online course, which I'm so proud of um, because I wanted to put something out there that I knew could help on a big scale because obviously there's only so many hours in the day. There are only so many hours that I allocate to work. And so I can only coach so many people one-to-one on a daily basis. So I wanted to put something out there that was actually um, people could do at their own pace because I knew it would be fitting around life and all of that stuff. And I wanted it also to be evergreen that they could revisit it do it again at their leisure. Um, and so I put together an online course called Ignite, which I'm so proud of. And I felt like it was a real achievement with all of that going on. But I think because I had it so much on my heart that I could help and there was a real need and I was getting so many DMs from people feeling overwhelmed and wanting help and that I was so passionate going back to that thing of focusing on why you're doing it. You know, that was the thing that powered me through when I was sat making, you know, uh, PDF after PDF for people to be able to download. And I was writing all, doing all the videos and all of the stuff. That was what kept me going because I knew why I wanted to do it and the impact that I wanted to have. And, and I think, funnily enough, um, uh, Captain Sir Tom Moore passing really um, struck me because I just remembered thinking, wow, like he was 98 or something, wasn't he? And it's like, my word for this year is impact. And when he passed, I was like, the impact that he had right up to the end. Like imagine getting to that point of life and he'd achieved so much. He'd fought in wars. He was like this incredible human being, but to still be pushing to want to help others and to be able to impact other people's lives at that point when he quite rightly could have been sat eating chips in a retirement home. Like that's, that's what I hope to be doing. He could have known so true. You know? But it's yeah. like, wow, like what impact are the rest of us having, you know, and it, and it is important that we realize the impact that we're all able to have on the world. And I think we have a duty to everybody around us to make sure that we are giving ourselves to the world in the way that only we can. And, and I truly believe that we all have the most unique gifts that only we can bring to the world. You know, it's that thing of why me? Because it has to be you, because you're the only one who can do the thing that you're called to do in the way that you're going to do it. Um, you know, someone gave me a great anal analogy the other day, and it was like, you know, when people think, oh no, but there's lots of people already doing the same thing. Well, imagine if hairdressers said that there'd only be one hairdressers on every high street, but there's like 10, you know, um, because that, I was thinking the same thing the other day because I was looking at coffee shops and people do often say that and they go, yeah, but, you know, there's so many videos like that on YouTube or there's so much of this. And it's like there seems to be unlimited amounts of coffee that people will drink. None of them are shutting down and yeah. new ones keep popping up. So yeah. there's kind of that. That's a limiting belief, isn't it, in itself yeah. that there isn't enough demand. In actual fact, there are way more people in the world that you just will not be able to help because there's so many of them. Absolutely. Then a lack of people that you can help. And you think of it when it comes to coffee shops, like we all have at this, you know, Starbucks, Nero, Costa, all the independent ones. And we all would have, if you asked anyone on a high street, which is your favorite coffee shop, they would all have their go-to coffee shop of choice. And it's the same for me with coaching. I'm not going to be the right coach for everybody because people will be drawn to me because I 
resonate with them in some way or you know they they feel like they're similar to me or they kind of feel drawn to me like there's no rhyme or reason why you choose who you choose and there's a gazillion coaches and there's definitely somebody for everybody and I think that's the thing it's about finding somebody that you're comfy with and that you feel like you could talk to um you know it's that connection isn't it yeah Um, really yeah, definitely. I, and I'm curious, with NLP, what would you say is the biggest thing? Because I think that of all programs actually does teach you to think differently. Yeah. What would you say is the biggest impact it has had? Is it Has it helped you really reframe situations? I mean, you were very already, but... Yeah, I mean, for me, it's... Um... It's funny that, you know, there's a there's a thing that we do and it's called timelining. And basically you can go back to a point in time when you felt really powerful and like life was working and you were firing on all cylinders. And to really like feel into that and how you felt and who you were and how you would have stood and all of that stuff. And to bring that energy into the present day, that's another super useful technique for playing big and for doing the brave things because it's like you you've done all of that before you know another thing that I love to do with people in my reset program so I have a one-to-one coaching program called reset which is is so powerful it's four sessions over four weeks so it's literally a month boom and you're done and it's one-to-one sessions you get homework between you get a portfolio one of the things in the portfolio that I get people to do is what I call your name in lights because when you write down everything that you've achieved in life, personally and professionally, you look at it and you go, oh my goodness, I am pretty brilliant. I would hire me. Like, And then I get people not only to list all of the amazing things that they've done in life, be it have two kids, be it the promotion they got, be it you know all of the successes they've had in life. I actually get them to write it in the third person as if it's a magazine article about them. Because when you read it, written as if someone else has written it about you, it's a bit like, you know, when you're at a funeral and you hear the obituary and you're like, oh my gosh, I wish this person was here to hear it. Like, you never hear that stuff about yourself. I fortunately do because I have magazine articles written about me and and that's kind of not normal. And so to get my clients to actually write an article about themselves is so powerful because they always come to the next session going, oh my goodness, I'm so fired up, you know, and it's like, you can look at that hit list of all the incredible stuff you've done. And every time you're feeling scared, you can read through it and go, no, I won't be scared because this is this, this is what I've done. And this is who I am. Um, Which is why it's so important, isn't it as well, to document your successes along the way. People often don't, they don't like write down how to, because one of the things we were talking about there is when you design your model week is I think that's really important, but then also at the end of the week, reflecting and going what worked what didn't how can I make next week even better but then also celebrating the achievements that you had um, that week yeah I love that and another thing that I um, get my clients to do because I'm really big on values and, and what makes you tick and actually when I did my coach training I was what 45 I've always been quite into personal development. I had never worked out my life values before and I was 45. And like some of the stuff I was learning in my, in my coach training in London, I was like, I've never heard this before. Like, and I'm into this stuff and to know what your six core values are and to be able to check in with them every night and go, how did I honor that value today? You know, what didn't I honor about the way that I'm living? Like often, and we'll all know it. Sometimes if something winds you up, for example, like one thing that really winds me up is um, if I've waited in my car for ages to let some, to let a car through and they don't say thank you, it really winds me up. <laughs> but I know it's like, you know, I have a real value of justice. And in my mind that, that feels quite unjust that I've just sat there all that time and they haven't even had the decency to say thank you. And often the things that wind you up are quite indicative of what your life values are and what your core values are. And when you know what they are, you can check every single decision that you make in life against them. So mm-hmm. I get my clients to kind of go through their, their values at night before they go to sleep because then it's kind of working in your head overnight of cementing the values into your very being so that there's more chance that you're going to live in line with them. Um, Yeah, that's really powerful. Do you know what's really interesting is I found as well is when you look through your bank statement or your credit card, that will tell you where your values are because you only ever spend money, don't you, in alignment with your values. When people say it's too expensive, nine out of 10, either they're not trusting of themselves in making a decision to do something or 
it's just not in alignment with their value system because totally. they're going to get spent on something else. Yeah. And I think it's been really interesting as well, talking spending, you know, this last year, like we haven't been going to the coffee shops and we haven't been all of those little things in inverted commas that you fritter money away on. And actually suddenly you look at your bank statement and go, I actually don't need all those clothes that I always buy. Like what is, you know, what's the point of all of that? Or I don't need all those coffees. And I think we do have a bit more money potentially for investing in us and investing in our future. And I think, you know, to invest in self-care, whatever that looks like for you, be it going for a massage, you know, be it working on nutrition and everything with someone like you, be it working on coaching with someone like me. It's like, to actually invest that money that you've saved in something that's going to power you forward in life is such a brilliant, positive thing to do, I think. I agree. I don't think there's any greater investment you can make than no, in yourself. But we don't do it, do we? We're always last on the list. Do they? No. no. Um, and it doesn't matter if it's life coaching with you, if it's mindset, if it's health coaching with me, it's all investing in yourself to make yourself better because you yeah. are your best commodity, basically. Yeah. And I think it's also about, you know, making sure that you are showing up in the best way that you can to your life. Like I remember last year I was on holiday. We snuck out in the kind of magical freedom spot that you could go on holiday. And we went away and one day we went to a water park and I was standing at the bottom of this like amazing, you know, water slide with this woman next to me. And she was like, Oh my gosh, I'm mortified. And I was like, why are you mortified? And she was like, because my son's going to want me to go down the water slide. Right. And I was like, and you're going to go down the damn water slide. Like your son needs to see you go down the water slide. And she was standing next to me and she was like fully clothed. And she was like, oh, but I hate my body, you know? And I was like, nobody's looking at your body. Everybody's worried about their own nakedness. Go down the freaking water slide. And she took her, <laughs> she took her, don't, don't mess with me. She took her clothes off. She went down the water slide, the fastest I've ever seen anyone go. And she was next to me fully clothed without drying herself like a ninja like it was so fast and like I was so proud of her for doing it but it made me so sad how we hold ourselves back because of how we feel about how we look or how other people are going to feel about us and I'm really passionate about you being healthy for your life I really am and I think if you can hand on heart say you train three times a week and you eat really healthily then your body is your body right but if your body is holding you back from doing the things that you really want to do, do something about it. And we can all make excuses till the cows come home and we can all blame social media or airbrushing in magazines or whatever it is. But guess what? The magazine editors aren't losing out. They're not the ones that are holding themselves back from going down the water slide. You are. So whatever it is you need to do to get down the damn water slide and freaking live life. Do you know what I mean? Do it. I do. I do. I'm really do. passionate because I think we can all point the finger at outside. So, you know, yes, social media has so much to answer to, but don't look at it or curate your feed so that you're not seeing, you know, I can't even think what her name is, like some stunning supermodel, you know, that if that's not helping, then make sure that that's not on your feed. You know, I'm really with, I've got um, a newsletter that I send out. And last week I made the point that I, I had a big Hello Magazine feature for my 50th, which was the most incredible day. They he had, looked incredible. He looked amazing. In honestly, it, it was like it was like a dream day. They had incredible outfits. And I, I made the point. It was like, you know what? That day they had thousands of pounds worth of dresses. I had a makeup artist. I had a hairdresser. I had a stylist. Like that's not normal, you know, and that was my day. And I'm still the next week in my kitchen waxing my moustache and I put a photo on <laughs> social media because I was like, this is normal life. So be careful what you're consuming and be careful of the impact that it's having on your head because it all goes in and it all matters. And if it's limiting the way you live in some way, change it. Like don't consume that stuff because you're controlling what you consume on a daily basis and you need to make sure it's filling you up, not dragging you down. I love that. I love that. I think that's so true. It must fill you up. I always think, say to people, only think happy thoughts. Like when they come in, it's whether you latch on, isn't it? They are like clouds. Like a thought comes along, you have a choice at that point to interact or not interact. And I think people don't always appreciate that if you do latch onto it, 
it's going to very quickly get into your subconscious mind and then it starts informing the way you see the world. Whereas it's almost like you've either got to not engage with it at all or if it's a bad thought that comes into your head, just say cancel or reject because and then move on because there is always a better one coming if you allow it. I love, um, there's a technique that there's a wonderful American coach called Mel Robbins and I'm not sure that she came up with this but she's the person that drew it to my attention and and actually what I do with clients is if you have a negative thought come into your head, you literally see a stop sign in your head and you go five, four, three, two, one, and you think of a different happy thought, whether it's on a beach, whether it's on an island, whether it's in your kitchen, wherever it is that is your happy place, because you have five seconds between a thought hitting your head and you acting on it. Right. If it goes beyond five seconds, you're you're in, you're consumed by that thought and it's going to take over your morning. So you are in control the whole time. Like that's probably one of the most powerful things you can take away from listening to this is the fact that you are in control of your life the whole time. You are constantly choosing how you're showing up. You're constantly choosing who you're listening to, what you're listening to and what you're believing of your life and how you're reacting to what's going on about around you. And actually, you know, the biggest thing from the pandemic was this huge feeling of overwhelm for people because we felt out of control. And it's like, guess what? You are out of control of the pandemic. You're only in control of you. You can only control how you're showing up, how you're reacting to what's happening. And if everything's triggering you, stay away from the news. Like, do the stuff that is going to mean that you show up in the best possible way to your day for your family. You know, I remember um, early on when we were going shopping and it was just like the most stressful experience because I was shopping for myself and for my parents. And at the time I was like washing everything down because that's what we were told we were doing or some people were in America were doing it. So I was like, I'm going to get the wipes. I'm going to wash it all down. So the whole shopping trip would take me like three or four hours because I was shopping for mum and dad as well and, and washing all of their stuff down. And I would get to their house like looking wild because I'd just been through this quite traumatic experience. Like early on, do you remember when we all had masks and everyone just kind of would look at you with these slightly wild eyes and not quite trusting you? And it was awful. And I'm a real visual person. I need to see the smiles and I'm a big reassuring smiler. So I think my crow's feet in the last year have quadrupled because I've been (laughs) smiling so hard to counteract the mask, you know, but it was kind of, and then my mum and dad, though, I'd turn up to them and, and they weren't thrown by anything because they hadn't seen that whole experience. They were in this little cocoon, you know, and amazing for them that they kind of managed to keep themselves so shut off from everything that was truly happening outside. They were very sweet. I'd ask them, I'd ask them for, their, for their order for the supermarket and it always included scones and Rodder's cream. And, you know, when you're like, mum. We can barely get toilet roll, and you're going. British. Oh my god! (laughs) Hilarious. It was like you have no clue. Like I'm literally going for like hardcore supplies, and you're sat there with your scones and rodders. And I never let on. You know, I just said, "Yeah, have your rodders. That's great." Isn't that amazing though that you were able to help them kind of live almost in that bubble? Yeah, yeah. And and uh, going back to what you said earlier, managing transitions actually within your day is a huge thing. So there's a great American coach called Brendan Burchard who who I'm a big fan of, and and he talks about you know managing the transitions in your day. So you know in the day when we would commute and you'd pull up on the drive in your car, just sitting there for a moment and decompressing from all of the energy that you've brought home from work. If you had a rubbish day at work, do you want to walk into your house with that energy or do you want to walk in as the most amazing parent, spouse, boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever it is, the latter. So you actually leave all of that stuff behind and you're like, right, who do I want to be going into this situation? It's like if you arrive at work in the morning and it's been raining and you've got rained on, you either walk into the kitchen and bring everyone down with, oh, it's such a rubbish day. I got wet and da, da, da. Or it's like, well, you don't want to be that person. Just Mm. go in the loo, dry yourself off, put some lippy on and come in with sunshine. You know, it's we are all choosing how we're showing up in any given moment. We are. Absolutely. I love that. And also then that reaction that you put out, you get that in that energy is reflected back to you. That's the other thing, right? Otherwise you go in a downward spiral, don't you? I'm I'm a huge fan of both um, Brendan Burchard and Mel Robbins, actually. Yeah, they're Um, wonderful humans. And it's funny now that I'm on this coaching journey, you just discover the most epic humans and you're like, how did I not know half of this stuff? And I think you know, for me with my clients and, and with my courses, it's about, it's not about people living my limitless life. 
my limitless life is my limitless life. We discover what's right for you and your life and, and how you can best show up to that life. And I think that's what's important for me. It's about giving other people tools and techniques to help power them up through life. And, and yeah, I honestly, I love what I do. I, I, I just finished a whole month of my reset with some phenomenal women. And it's really funny when we come to the end of the journey, I feel so emotional. I feel kind of bereft when they all go. I'm like, no, come back. Cause I feel so invested in their story, you know, and I, and for that month, I'm properly there. It's like we have WhatsApp messages to each other and I'm yeah. championing them and checking in on them and cheerleading them. And, and it's, and just seeing the transformation that happens, like seeing the people who show up to session one versus session four and how they finish, it's, it's so great to see. And it's so incredible that we all have all of this within us. It's just learning to switch it on and, and how to find it all. Yeah, it's amazing. I have a, a WhatsApp group that's like completely free called Shift AM. And it was based around people getting up early and actually doing something that moved their body. It could be yoga, it could be a morning walk, but it was something. And it's just this wonderful group of women who support each other and share photos of, look, I'm doing this. And now we've got to a hundred days on it. And it's like a big celebration because everyone's been showing up and doing it. And then, you know, if someone's having a a bad day they're so supportive and I just I don't know about you but I find women build the most incredible communities oh I just my gosh really, yeah really amazing do. I think it's I think the sisterhood as I refer to it is is so powerful and I think when we individually step into who we are and collectively we are literally unstoppable it is amazing and I think you know, I've always been a playing all out woman. Like that's, that's who I grew up wanting to be. And that's who I've been. And that's from choice. And I think to realize that you can achieve so much if you only know how to design it, how to change your mindset, how to find the most powerful side of you. Um, it's such a gift. It's amazing. And what I'd, I'd love to hear before you go, I've got a couple more questions. The, the first one I guess is, what does your day look like? Because you've got incredible success. You've got your own podcast as well. You're coaching clients, everything you do in the media. You've got, is it two children or three? Two, two children, two, two children. 14-year-old daughter and a 12-year-old son. Yeah. <laughs> okay, similar to mine, actually. Oh. Yeah, I've got 14 and 12 and nine. And yeah. so how do you how do you run your day? Like, where do you find the time for you? Do you have a specific routine? Like, are you an early riser? Yeah, is I'm an early. Time? I'm an early one, which I learned from. I fronted heart breakfast for three years which meant 3.30 alarms. Now, I'm not about to do a 3.30 alarm anytime soon. But what I loved about it was I would get up at 3.30, get to the studio. We were on air from 6 till 10. And I'd get to 10 o'clock in the morning and I would feel invincible because it was like, oh, my gosh, most people have been at their work day for an hour and I finished mine and look what I've achieved. And it was that coupled with the gift of early mornings, particularly at this time of year with the most incredible sunrises and that feeling of, you know, getting a head start on life. And for me, I know that if I wake up with my children, I feel on the back foot because I feel like I've got stuff I need to achieve before they wake up to show up at my best for the day. Um, so my husband and I get up at six and I do, we have coffee and then I do yoga and make sure that I do some affirmations for the day. And then I hit seven o'clock when they come down and then I'm happy to make their scrambled egg and have time with them and do the school run. And then from nine till three, that's, those are my working hours. And the minute the children are back at 3.15, I try to be in the zone with them. Um, I do have a couple of clients in LA, which means coaching later on in the day. But outside of that, those are the those are the hours that I operate. And I think it's about finding what works well for you. Um, also, my one to one reset coaching, I do month off month on. So I have a full month when I'm not actually coaching my clients. And then I have a whole new intake for the so I've got a July intake that are coming in in July. And for me, it just helps me show up in the most powerful way to those five clients that I have for that coaching month, because it's like, I want to show up at my best and I could easily fill my day with clients, but I want to be able to give each person a hundred percent of me and my energy and my headspace. So that's how I choose to set it up. But it's um, amazing. So do you then take the summer off for you when the, yeah. So, so yeah. this is my plan is, uh, I mean, this is all quite new to me because, you know, I've only been fully coaching for about 
I started training in 2017, but so I've been fully coaching for about two or three years now. Um, and so it's all kind of finding your feet with it. But for me, I do love to have August off with the family. I just love that whole reset. We go away for a few weeks. We spend time together. Um, and I guess, you know, the, the beauty of the job that I've created is that it does work around life. And so if I needed to coach a client through August, then I actually could because I can, I do it on zoom so I could be anywhere in the world and it doesn't matter. And that's what I love about what I've built is that I can do it remotely. And what's wonderful is to have reached this point of life and have taken the power back as I describe it, because, you know, prior to training as a coach in 2017, I was in TV and radio, right? Full time. Well, that's a really tricky industry. And actually you're always at the mercy of the producers and whether you're fashionable and all of that stuff. And actually to have this whole new journey that I'm on outside of that and be able to turn stuff down and go, do you know what? I don't want that TV job because it doesn't fit with who I am as a person is beyond. <laughs> it's like, it's so liberating. I can't even, and you know, freedom is a value of mine. And this has built in such a massive freedom for me to be able to do work that so excites me. You know, it's, it's about the impact that I can have. And it's, and it's, and it was never about broadcasting. Funnily enough, I always wanted to present Blue Peter. I never wanted to be a presenter per se. It was like, I wanted to do that job so that I could jump out of planes. It wasn't about being on telly. It certainly wasn't about being famous. Um, and so now I just feel like life really has come full circle and I'm working with those same girls who grew up watching me and loving every moment. I love it. I love it. I love it so much. And it's such, it's so inspirational as well, because I think so many people, so many women are looking and I think Davina's program, did you watch the menopause? I haven't seen it. No, I haven't seen it, but obviously I'm at the same stage of life. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought it was really interesting. And I think women get to about 50 and they almost feel like it's limiting their choices. And I always say it's actually, it's such a wonderful time of life because it's, everything's opening up. You know, the the children are kind of teenagers or getting a little bit older. Yeah freedom you haven't got to think about because if you think like from our 20s well from a teenage girl right you're coping with periods then you're like thinking i don't want to get pregnant and then you're like actually now i do want to get pregnant and then you are pregnant and then you're you're knackered (laughs) yeah you're postpartum and then you're like oh i need to get my body back and then you do it all again and then you hit perimenopause and it's just like wow it's event after event after event and i just think this is like a new, I think in Japan, actually, the word for it is a second spring. And it is, it's like, this is the most wonderful time of your life. Like everything has kind of led up to this. And yeah. I just love talking to you because it's like, yes, 50 plus is the new, like a new beginning really for yeah, people. I, I honestly see it like that for people. And I love the second spring thing. I think you were the one that told me about that last time we chatted. And I think this is such a special time. And I, and there's so many women who hit this season of life and who go, do you know what? I don't love my job, but I'm just going to trundle along because I've only got X amount of years before I retire. And I'm like, not on my watch, buddy. That is not happening. Like we are not treading water here because what is the point? You know, it's like we don't endure the week to get to the weekend. Every single day needs to feel like the weekend. And that's honestly how I feel about life. And I think if we are enduring jobs we don't love, if we're in relationships that aren't working for us, what are we doing? Like this season has shown us how precious life can be. You know, any one of us might not have been here. We've all lost people that were dear to us. And it's been such an awful thing to walk through. And I think if we don't wake up and, you know, smell the coffee and realize that life is happening and time is now, like Mm -hmm. really what are we doing? And this is such a gift of time that we have in, in the season of 50 plus and I'm so passionate about it and I'm so passionate about women owning all of their health at this point you know it's like when I turned 50 I can't tell you how many um direct messages I got on Instagram from companies going hi Katie we've got a shop for over 50s clothes you know and it's like (laughs) what it's like I've got a shop for over 50s clothes it's called ASOS and it's called Topshop (laughs) you can keep your elasticated waistbands exactly where they are you know for me it's like like you were saying earlier I think 50 is a new 40 and I love how many people are kind of flying the banner for um playing all out at this point of life and, and not getting, you know, pigeonholed and sidelined and all of that stuff. It's like, no, look at who I am. Like I am the most knowledgeable I've ever been. I am the most confident I've ever been. It's like, if you look at it like that, 
wow, what is possible in your life? I'm so much happier now than I was when I was 20. Like if I'd known at 20 how, you know, I, I was so insecure and worried about what everybody thought. And now I really don't care. <laughs> In the nicest possible nice way. Feeling, isn't it? Yeah, it's such a nice feeling. And it takes age, I think. I think it genuinely does take age for that yeah. to happen. I did. I think um, it does. And I think it's yeah. also about knowing. Um, uh, so I, as a kid, had this really weird thing just quickly that I used to do. And I was, the summer holidays, the six-week summer holidays, I loved the first three weeks. By the time I hit the end of week three, so I was in the second half of the holidays, it may as well all have been over. Because in my head, I was like, oh, no, I'm counting down now, not counting up, like half of it's over, da, da, da. And then I'd get to the final couple of days of the summer holidays and I'd look back to that midpoint and go, what the hell was I thinking? Look at all the fun I had between then and now. Look how much we've done. Why did I ruin that second half of it? Because I was worried that it was counting down. And I think midlife is a little bit like that. I don't want to get to 90 and look back and go, why was I worried about my wrinkles at 50? Or, you know, why did I not think I look great in a bikini at 50? Well, I'll tell you what, I look a damn sight better than I'm going to at 60. And so I will wear a bikini for the rest of my life. I'm going to be a Helen Mirren character. Like swimsuits blow my mind. They make me feel like a sausage that's been squeezed in. It's just awful. awful. Like yeah. water on my tummy, sun on my tummy, happiest of days and I will rock a bikini until they carry me out and I want other women to feel like that as well because I just think don't waste it like don't don't be the person that gets to 90 and looks back to 50 or 40 and goes oh why did I why was I worried about that um another phrase that I love is um and I think this was I can't remember where I heard this but it's um what other people think of you is none of your business and I'm so grateful that I was on telly in an era when there wasn't social media because my heart would not have been able to cope. Like I was so worried about what people thought all the time I was on telly because there's always people who are better looking than you and more confident than you and all of that stuff. It's like the place for all your insecurities to be magnified. Mm -hmm. And I think to know at 50 that what other people think of you is none of your business. Like you can't please everyone all the time. So stop trying to be a people pleaser. Just freaking live it. Like, you know. Yes, yes, live it and be you. And you know what the other thing is, right? You don't even know what they think because there's another expression which I love and it always sounds really confusing when you say it, but it is like, I am not who you think I am and I am not who you think I am, but I am not who I think you think I am. That's the crazy thing because how can you know? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And people spend so much time worrying about it, but you're already trying to preempt what you think that person thinks of you and who you should be as a result of what they thought. Like, how the hell do you know? (laughs) Yeah. And it's like, you know, with clients, it's like one of the things that always comes up is what are other people going to think? And it's like, do you know what other people are going to think? They're going to think you're smashing life and they're going to think you're stepping up and being brave and playing big. And that's all they're going to think about you. It's like, we all think they're going to go, oh, who does she think? think she is no they're not (laughs) they're just wishing that they were as brave as you and um you know I I'm so grateful for like the the point that I'm at in life and the way that I'm able to help women and I'm just passionate about women I, I love them and I love helping others to see their potential and step into it it comes through, it comes through. Before you oh, go, how, what yeah. would you say is the secret to living big and living a limitless life? What do people need to do? I think for me, the phrase time is now is everything. It's like, if, you know, and I sometimes say this to people, if you had a year to live, are you living the life you'd want to be living? Like I made some massive life changes uh, when September happened, 2011. And I remember at that time realizing I remember vividly I was walking down Chiswick High Road and I saw it all happening on those tellies in front of me in the Twin Towers and I was like I'm living as if I've got all the time in the world and time is now like it is so precious don't put off that thing you've always wanted to do because you think you have time because you might not. So true. What an amazing point to end. The the energy just comes through the screen. It's been such a joy. Yes, such a joy to have you on the show. Um, Thank you. So lovely to chat. And if anyone wants to follow me, I'm on social media at I'm Katie Hill. 
And my website is katiehill.com. And actually, um, if anybody wants my one-to-one reset program, I'm actually doing 50% off for my fifth year. Don't even. Where can they find the um, reset program? Is that on your website? That's on my website at katiehill.com, yeah. And there's also details of my Ignite course, which is obviously a lot cheaper and much more accessible and super powerful if you want to start there and see how it goes amazing but any way I can support you I'm always happy for people to dm me or email me I'm very very personable um yeah please just you know be a friend <laughs> I'm sure there'll be a few people definitely taking you up on that it's amazing thank you so much we will link to all of that in the show notes amazing find that on the website um, and also download the transcript because I think you gave away so many nuggets there you were so generous with with what you were talking about in terms of how people can make that transformation so definitely amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. Those of you listening, go and check out Katie's website um, and her courses and programs. And thanks again for coming on the show. It's been amazing. Amazing. And I think just to finish, I'd just love everyone to take away the fact that nobody is fearless. You know, people do stop me and go, oh, you were so fearless jumping out of planes, but don't going down bobsleigh runs. No, no, no. I just learned how to do it scared. And that's how fearless people live. And you just need to do the same. That's all it is. Yeah, do it anyway. Yeah. Because yeah. it's like everything you want is on the other side of fear. You know, that's literally where we grow. And I think another takeaway from this year is that vulnerability, which Brene Brown has talked about forever, is the place where you have to step into for the magic to happen, for growth to happen. And vulnerability is what we move heaven and earth to avoid because we love our cozy lives and we love our, you know, secure existence. And actually this season has shaken us to the core. We're already vulnerable. So it's almost like, don't go backwards, step into what's vulnerable, step into who you are and what you want going forward so that you can grow. Because if you step backwards, what a waste. So true. I love it. What an amazing point to finish on. Thank you so much, Katie. Thank you. I've got to go do the school run now. Have you? (laughs) I'll let you go, me too. Switching hats. Yeah, exactly. The mum hat. So lovely to chat. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. All of the show notes and the transcript and everything we've talked about today will be over on my website at angelafosterperformance.com forward slash podcast. Thanks as always for listening. I can't wait to catch up with you next week. Thanks for listening. Remember to review and subscribe. You can grab the show notes, the resources and highlights of everything Angela mentioned over at angelafosterperformance.com. You can also snatch up plenty of other goodies, including the highly helpful Angela Recommends page, which is a list of everything she personally recommends to optimize your mind, body and lifestyle.